Oh, you didn't know? Yo ass better subscribe to somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Chat Grapple and Cheap Pop Podcast proudly brings to you its podcast champions of the world. The figure dog, JB, the badass, Chrissy Dredd, and this is Chat Grapple and Cheap Pop podcast amazing and with that we welcome everyone to episode lucky number 13 damn right chat grapple and cheap pops podcast we are on youtube we are we are on every other podcasting place you can find us chris reel them off ready baby get your fingers ready as jb saying we're on youtube we're on uh podbean spotify deezer Castbox, itunes apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher listen notes iHeartRadio, radio tune in radio and a partridge in a pear tree <laughs> we are everywhere baby and we thank you for tuning in as usual. We thank you for tuning in to all the other podcasts. We, you know, we love, love doing this. We love chatting to everyone. We love hearing from everyone. And this week is, as usual, it's another good one. It, it is. It's another good one. It's, uh, as, as uh, we like to do, we do one week WCW, one week WWF. We kind of like to rotate a little bit. Uh, Last week we did. Uh, what did we do last week? WCW War Games, nineteen ninety uh, World oh, War Three. World War Three, yeah. What a main 1995. event. Nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> the best fucking main event that money can buy. Um, yeah. And this week we are back to that company up north. And JB, what is it, baby? It's that show that Hogan mentioned at World War Three that was just, you know, guys coming in, throwing them out. It was, he said it was boring. And it's, it's basically, you know, the granddaddy of Battle Royals. It's the Royal Rumble. It's 1998. It is, it's an incredible show. And for, at least for me, the last, like say, hour of the show is incredible. And it's January 18th, 1998. And I've got a few things to talk about i already pre-warned chris that i had stuff to talk about before we started here and i'll i'll roll with it for for just a few seconds it is you know i don't know like chris you were watching the vhs right indeed i was watching the vhs as i have it right here the back of stone cold steve austin's melon although vince um jr i think he has a uh bone to pick with you about free for alls yeah, there's uh, there's no free for all on this, dude. But there was some uh, Coliseum exclusive, sorry, Silver Vision exclusive bits, oh, including a bit at the end. I don't know if you got them on the network. Uh, I don't think so, purely because they cut it at the right, right at the. Uh, we won't spoil it, but they do cut it right off. There's no sign off from J.R. and the King. There's nothing, so it's just a finish. And after that, I get a little video exclusive. So there we go. There's some exclusives to talk about at the end. So stay tuned. Don't don't just disappear now. You can don't have to touch that again. dial. Yeah. Um, it is the Royal Rumble. It's 1998. It's, it's a good promo vid on what, what it means to be the champion at the start of my one on the network. 
And on the on the video, we do you get the WWF attitude advert? No. And please, anybody who's watching who watches that era of WWF, please tell me you remember that advert where you've got different superstars, you've got Stone Cold. It says people think that we're not, you know, they get the wrong idea about WWF. We're a good, wholesome family entertainment. Then he cracks someone with a chair. Then you've got Sable saying, oh, we would never use sex to sell our product. And you've got people smooching. And then you've got Undertaker come through and you've got um, Mick Foley there at the end rocking. And then you've got Vince McMahon when someone's been thrown out of a window saying WWF attitude. Get it? It's that, that advert, the Get it? Yeah, Vince, we get it, dude. You didn't need to sell it, bro. But that is one of my favourite adverts. And it just, as soon as I watch it, it sends me straight back to that time. Um, and I just love that that advert. So 1-800-COLLECT, I guess that's the collect call company, presents the WWF Royal Rumble. We're in San Jose, California, in front of, and this is quite a big crowd, 18,542. Yeah. That's pretty big. Um now, here's where my problem begins with, with ranting and raving. I'm going to try not to do it too much, but it starts with numbers. Now, 351,000 buys for the Royal Rumble. It's their biggest number since WrestleMania 10. Now, that's pretty mad. Like, WrestleMania 10 was 1994. You know, it's, it's a long time since they've drawn any sort of numbers like this. WCW sold out a week later, or six days later, would draw 5,000 crowd, 5,486 crowd, would, but they would claim they to get over 400,000 pay-per-view buys. I think they were probably just doing it to say they beat the Royal Rumble because sold out 1998 is not a good show. No. And you've only got 5,000 paid going in. But this is my rant, and I can't help myself because for anyone bragging about AEW numbers. And there are people that do. Oh, shit. Or, you know, key demographics. Oh, shit. Demo gods. Dude, you're kicking... No, dude, you're kicking the hornet's nest. You're kicking the hornet's nest. I'm going to hit it with the bat this time. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Yes, demo god. Chris Jericho. Yes, you, you were a demo god. Don't get me wrong. In the 2000s, you know, even in the late 90s, you were incredible. You probably one ratings all by yourself. But for anyone really, really going on about the 700,000 buys that AEW are getting on a Wednesday night, just read a book, read Wikipedia, read anything that has any real numbers to it. Because nearly half a million people were buying pay-per-views around that time. You know, you only have to look at these numbers, 400,000 for WCW, you know, WWF WrestleMania would get over 700,000 pay-per-view buys. That's more than your TV audience. That's more than your 700,000 watching the weekly shows. Get them. Free TV. Get them. I, I can't help it. I'm sorry, but, you know, there are also, you know, NXT, like, yes, it's, you know, don't argue with it. Just, you know, it's not a war. We've already said this before. It's not a Wednesday night war. I'm doing the quotation marks because it's not. It's, you know, if, it, if you know, what happened on Monday nights back in the late 90s was a war. What's happening now is two people arguing at a church fate over where the cake goes. <laughs> Boom! That's, and 
and I got one more point. If your show, if your show is being beaten by guys' grocery games, don't brag. Please don't brag. Guy Fieri, I'm a big fan anyway of him and his hey, shows on dri- the dri- network. Drive-ins, diners, and dines. Yeah. What is it? Drive-ins, diners, and dives. <laughs> That's a good show. I like that too. Fucking but, A, man. Seriously, it's not a war. Nobody's winning when you're not beating guys' grocery grocery games. Sorry. Dude, you know what? It, it's so funny because... Sorry, should I have ended that? Should I have ended that with I'm Jim Cornette and that's my opinion? You just fucking you just shot a promo, mate. That's fucking that's sick. You know, the the problem that we've got, and it is gonna piss off a few people, but I don't really care. But the, the, the problem at the at the moment is people want an alternative to WWE, okay? They 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 want an alternative so bad that they will literally support anything else that isn't wwe while at the same time still watching wwe like the the way to hit a company is don't fucking watch it if you don't fucking like it okay it is that simple the way you hit any company that you don't agree with what they're doing or what their programming is like don't watch them. If you constantly watch WWE, but yet you bitch about their programming, then you are just encouraging them to do the same thing because they think that you like it because you're still watching. Don't watch it. Switch off. You know, and with AEW, it it's is... A show. It's a good it's, show. Yeah, yeah, but they're comparing it against fucking NXT, which isn't even the WWE's main show. Yeah, if you're going to chase a show, chase Raw. Chase, Chase Raw, bro. Yeah. Like, and I'm not hating on AEW. Believe me. No, like I, you know, we like the alternative. We like an alternative. But the booking, you know, the best thing that has happened in AEW recently, and I will still say it, and I don't give a fuck, MJF, mate. MJF. He cut a good promo this week. I saw that. Dude, it was promo. absolutely, that was, that's but, heat, bro. Yeah, that's fucking heat. And the fact is, he doesn't give a fuck because I'm, he knows. I'm I'm going to mention another company right now, and this will this will have Chris in bits, because there is another company out there that they did good, didn't they? Doesn't care what any other show is doing; they're just doing what they want. And they, and dare I say it, they put on a good show the other week, Slammiversary. They put, they did. You're doing a good job. I like it. You know, fair play to you. And. Also, I will give a shout out to another show I watched at the weekend, which was re- on the on the lines of hilarious and ridiculous, talking shopper mania. Uh, shout out to the Good Brothers for that because that was I was in stitches at some of that stuff. Um, it, it, that's something I haven't yet watched. I do want to watch Talking Shopper Mania. I've seen a couple of bits and bobs from it, um, but I, I I do want to watch it. Um. So, uh, sorry, my video did something really weird there and it was like glitched in. Um, I I, I was like, I felt like Max Headroom is doing it again. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter if you can hear me, that's all good. So, um, yeah, so TNA did good recently. They, uh, I actually watched, um, a shoot interview with, I think it was either Hannibal or Chris Van Vliet. Uh, with Eric Young, because Eric Young obviously is back there. Um, yeah. They have they've taken their time to get back to where they are because 
for a little while, they didn't have any TV. You know, so it's taken them a little while to build it up, build it up, get the momentum back up again. But TNA Impact Wrestling, uh, you know, I'm happy to see because the wrestling world needs it needs that fucking it needs something. Yeah, it does need other companies just literally for the guys and gals that are working. It needs it, you know, um, but not, not right. for the marks that I'm like us. In the, in the 90s, you know, we had three, I would say three major companies from the US doing their thing. And that was enough. That was plenty. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to add J- the Japanese stuff into it, even though you would, you know, you'd find some great Japanese matches. They were few and far between on our TV show, on our TV channels anyway. You just wouldn't get them. You'd get a tiny bit of New Japan on Eurosport or something like that. And like yeah. Late in the evening. Trans, trans World Sport sometimes on <laughs> Channel 4. But yeah, you had three big companies and that was fine, you know. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong in this market for three, you know, three big names to just, make their own money and not try and not try and you know argue about demographics and stuff good lord um shall we get to the show let's get to the show man it's i I love it because we we don't actually you know we we, we're not strict in how we how we do this we're just having a chat you know and um if things pop up and we want to talk about them we talk about them it makes it more exciting if we want to fucking piss around with the new age outlaws theme tune and mess around at the beginning we do that we don't really give a toss you know but we do um you know so we're just uh we're just having fun with it man so yes let's get on with the show um like you say they had the to be wwf champion promo i liked at the beginning good video yeah it was good you know it's selling you know the the championship belt the fact that the winner of the Rumble goes on to WrestleMania to face the champion. And then you have Jim Ross and the King. And they're talking about there's three title matches on the line tonight. And they talk about Mike Tyson for the first time, but it won't be the last time. Um, yeah, they, they mentioned that Steve Austin is a marked man. Stone Cold has been running right in the past three weeks or so on Raw, just stunning everybody you know, doing whatever he wanted and setting himself up for a possible fall here at the Rumble. Yes, Mike Tyson is it. Did you hear the boos from Mike Tyson at the beginning? I did, but I wasn't sure if they were for him or something else was happening in the ring. Shane. Yeah, (laughs) possibly. Yeah, yeah, Mike Tyson's there. You won't hear the last of Mike Tyson. He gets a lot of mentions. But we get to our first match, and it's the uh, oh god, the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. He's with Luna, bless her, and he's yeah. taking on Vader. And got time for Gold Dust's first outfit of the night. I he looks like an umpa fucking lumpa yeah. from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder version. But um, the only version in my book. But it on. is the only. Big up yourself. Um, to me. This is the match of two very, very good wrestlers that have been forsaken by WWF at this time. These two are two very, very competent workers, two very, very good characters. Vader has held titles everywhere around the world. He's held prominent titles in Japan. He's had some absolutely smashing matches. 
uh, all over the world with some very, very... Backflip from the top rope and landed on his feet. And one of our other podcasts, like, come on, like this guy... Come on, man. You know, and these two guys have been thrown by the wayside, basically, by WWF at this time. Um, I will say Goldust is in this awful green and purple singlet. He's got a little gold sort of thong thing on the front. It's it's such a mess. And to me, because from what I'd seen of Goldust in 97, he looks a little heavier here as well. He is a, he is a little heavier. Um, yeah. I mean, this is... They, 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 they talk about... For the first time, I think, in, in WWF uh, with regards to gold dust, they actually talk about Dusty Rhodes when they're talking about gold dust. Well, JR makes a crack and says his family tree needs trimming. Um, that's not very nice. No, and it's not, um, especially because he worked with Dusty. Um, <laughs> it's, it's what they've done. You, you have, there's a video where they show you what has been happening, you know, against the uh, the last few weeks. And you, you see that they've dressed him, they're, they're ribbing Dustin right now. Because one week he was dressed, he came out, you know, dressed as Sable. So he had like, you know, the black knickers, like the bondage gear, you know. Yeah. Next week he was dressed like a baby. Then he was, he was dressed here like an Oompa Loompa. He was dressed um, for one as well. You were? He was dressed up as Dude Love as well in one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's... He dumped Marlena, apparently. But what this is after the death of Brian Pillman, isn't it, as well? Uh, yeah, Pillman was gone in, what, uh, October. So this isn't that long after that. And Marlena left um, after that because they had the angle. And I think it was... You know, I don't know what had happened. I mean, Vader... In, in this match with, with Goldust, like, Vader, his career never really took off in WWF. And I, I want... Blame, blame Shawn Michaels. Yes, we like, I think we honestly can blame Shawn Michaels yeah. because, I mean, whether you like Jim Cornette or not, you can listen to him about things that went on behind the scenes with, with Leon, a.k.a. Vader. He was his manager for a wee while. And Shawn Michaels was saying things like... If you fucking pull my hair like that again, it will be your job, you know. And if you look at the match, I mean, we will 100% do SummerSlam 96. And the main event to that was Vader and Shawn Michaels. And that is a match where Shawn Michaels, the psychology with it was all fucked because Shawn wanted to make himself look the best at all times. Uh, rather than actually telling the story properly and then making himself look better at the end, he always and I think he did it in the match with the Undertaker in this in the casket match here as well, because the psychology was all over the place with that match. Um, it was, but <clears throat> I think there's a reason behind it, and there's a few changes made mid-match, but we'll definitely get to that. Yeah. So uh, I mean, Vader's, Vader's career was more than likely torpedoed by Shawn Michaels because from what anyone else has said, Vader was meant to win that title at Survivor Series in 96 and then drop it back to Michaels at the Royal Rumble 97. That's but correct. That, that position was given to Sid or Psycho Sid, which is one of Shawn's buddies at the time. And yeah, 
Oh, it's a yeah. shame for Vader because Vader's over. He's especially over here in this show. Gets a, he gets a nice pop here and he gets another one later on. And there's some big Vader chants. There's a really bad bump from gold dust into the steps. Like he just sort of just, just shrugged into him. It didn't really, didn't look good at all. But Luna, on the other hand, was fantastic at ringside. Oh, dude. And she takes, at the end of this, she takes the bump of all bumps. It looks like she nearly broke her fucking back. Um, it was, it, it it made me wince watching it. I won't lie. Yeah, it, um, it was almost like a, like a face plant, wasn't it? Yeah, and her back like bent backwards yeah. as she landed, you know, but we'll get to that. Um, there was a spot in this where uh, Gold Dust grabs Vader and kisses him. And yeah, then he gets turned inside out with a clothesline. Ninety-eight does not accept man man love at this point. <clears throat> They're not. Uh, again, it goes back to that time when Austin kissed Pillman, or the other way around, in WCW, and the fans went absolutely mental. Yeah. And they're still not quite accepting of of uh, you know different lifestyles. Yeah, Vader wipes him out with that massive clothesline, which is yeah, really it proper turns him. Turns him inside out with it. Um, I mean, what did what did you what did you think of this match? <clears throat> it's okay. It's not very long. It's not a lot. There wasn't a lot of highlights because I've got a short, only really short paragraph on it. Same. But it's you know it's it, it's one of those matches that I guess neither neither man wants to get hurt. They want to get through the rumble later on. They're working double duty as is most people in this on the show. And yeah, it's a short opener to get the fans G'd up for what comes later on. And it's a it's an okay match. I mean, Goldust hits Vader low. Luna then, yeah, Luna jumps on Vader's back when Vader's climbing up for a Vader bomb. And Vader just says, oh, screw it, just do it anyway. And this is where poor Luna just crumples face first and bends in the weirdest way. It's very horrible. <laughs> and yeah. It's it's yeah it's a face plant, backs, back twisting mess, and Vader wins. And they, they show <clears throat> they show about five replays of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking go oh, in. Yeah. They don't mind showing the uh, the injuries at this point. Um, Michael Cole is with Steve. with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He pulls up in his truck. Um, Austin throws the keys at him, tells him to park the damn truck. Yeah. get your ass whipped. <laughs> And then the Godwins turn up, Henry and Phineas looking for him, asking where he went. Doesn't really, you know, I'm pretty sure that the Godwins were never going to find him. Dude, one, 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 something that was brought to my attention and I never really thought about it by um, shout out our number one fan, Max, not the Hulk Hogan. Um, he said Henry O. Godwin spells hog. Yeah, and fin yes. Phineas I. Godwin is pig. pig yeah. And I never, yeah, I they never clocked it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I never clocked that. I mean, they were the Texicans in uh, WCW, but they were hog farmers here in the WWF. And then we get possibly the worst song of the show, I Know You Want Me. I Know You Want Me. Yeah, it's, it's awful, isn't it? We should have a poll maybe next week on Twitter, you know, which a song poll? is worse? I Know You Want Me or American Males. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck in um, the um, Johnny B. Bad tune and we'll have a triplet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about it. I know you just, I, yeah, I forgot you'd really dislike that one. Yeah. Yeah, Sonny 
is our guest referee <clears throat> uh, for the next match. And they accidentally play, I don't know if you catch this, they accidentally play Mankind's exit music. So the crowd start cheering. Yeah, I heard that. It was like yeah. the, 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 the piano -y. Yes, the piano. Yeah, I, I clocked that. Yeah, yeah. So someone's finger must have slipped. Yeah. It's not Mankind. It's our mini six-man tag match. It's uh, Battalion, Tarantula and El Torito. Not the El Torito that you'd see later on in WWE, way later. Against Nova, Mini Nova, Mosaic, and everyone's favorite mini superstar, Max Mini. Um, I got tired of the short jokes after a while. I don't know about you. Jerry Lawler was laying it on pretty thick, and I sort of gave up on listening to it. Even JR said, Oh, you, you're coming thick and fast with those. Was it a quiet flight? Was it boring flight or something? Yeah. You know, um, he. Um, so well, the ones I have written down are some of the earlier ones. He says that Max Mini, he was apparently 87 pounds would make a great fridge or ornament or a hood ornament for his car. Yeah. Um, now, for anyone that knows what Sonny does now, JR's joke about Sonny having a handful with six men is quite apt. It, uh, dude, it, and recently I think she's just been arrested again, hasn't she? Yes, she has. Um, um, I don't know what I mean. I try not to dig into that stuff anymore. I, I don't quite understand why. I'll tell you what is funny, though. There was a sign that said, um, Sonny, we want Sonny, not Sable. As, as, as Sonny's coming to the ring, when she looks at the sign, she goes yeah. like that. And it's quite obvious, like they catch it. Um, yeah, Max Mini could walk under a closed door. Um, you know, uh, Max <laughs> Mini tried to commit... He tried to commit suicide by jumping off a curb. Yeah, he could be a security guard at a Roach Motel. Yeah, um, you um, know, it was just... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I quite understand. You could also play hockey on an ice cube. On an ice cube. That's and right. that was it for me. I was done. Like, I just put, okay, King, we get it. Like, they're little. Um, I mean, this match was absolute dog shit, I would say. It wasn't great at all. A lot of arm drags, weren't there? And th but they were horrible ones that weren't even... Connecting properly, they weren't even. It's, you know, it, it, was, reminded, it reminded me of a really bad tumbling act. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, and at one point in the match, Sonny helps Max Mini. She's so like holding funny. him, and he's like kicking. She botched a leapfrog over the smallest person in the arena. I yeah, <laughs> he ran straight into her snatch, <laughs> and it wouldn't be the first or the last time that a wrestler did that. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah, she botches the leapfrog over the smallest person in the match. I can't, like, I mean, there was a nice, uh, like, the when they started doing the planches and stuff, there was a nice spring springboard corkscrew from Max, which was yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, there was a uh, Max gets the pin on. I think I think it's El Torito. Yeah, but it was a fucking arm drag into a cradle. Yeah, yeah, a crucifix pin. Yeah, it was. It was terrible, and then. Sonny, at the end, she was carrying him like a baby. She was like, she was like holding him like a fucking baby. Like he gave her a cuddle and that. She got down on her knees like, like she has done probably before. And, um, <laughs> and you know, holding him up with that. And then he gave her a cuddle and then he, she just picks him up like a baby. And like, you know, carries him. It's like, how patronizing do you want to be to this guy? Like. <laughs> Jerry says to come and sit on his lap because that's the best seat in the house. And JR, with probably the best line for me, 
calls him Uncle Jerry. And I like, you know what? That'll shut him up for a minute. Uncle Jerry, how how low can you be? And I, I tell you what, yeah, JR is reining him in yes. uh, quite a lot. He's doing he's doing the gorilla. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gorilla to King's Bobby, but King is nowhere near Bobby. And... No, I mean he's nowhere near Bobby, but it's um the the dynamic's quite good where JR is pulling him up constantly, saying Oh, you're you're just you're just too much, you know what yeah, I mean? King, and, and King is still a heel commentator at this point. He does end up like drifting out of that later on in like maybe '99, maybe further on down the line because he's you know he's still cheering on every heel and clapping for you know clapping whenever Vince comes out and stuff like that. It's Didn't, when there, there was an angle where where Taz where Taz had the King in oh, like I've, some kind of move and Jr came with his sweetie box and whacked, that was 2000, yeah, SummerSlam 2000. That was a, yeah. Oh, man, you have to watch that at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of them that just popped into my head. It's that's like a, that's when he sort of was a bit of a TLC face. Well, I think. You what? First TLC match as well. Ah, yes, indeed. It was a good pay per view. Very good, right? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll get to that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, Farouk. We go backstage, and Farouk's uh, he sends newest member of the nation, Mark Henry, into Steve Austin's apparent dressing room to kick his ass. And uh, they find a foam middle finger instead. That's yeah. Great. What it's great marketing that foam middle finger, like. Oh, they made fucking millions off that, mate. Yeah, the t-shirt, the the middle fingers, the you know the beer cans and all that stuff. They must have made tons off of that. Um, Jerry Lawler thinks Mike Tyson wants his autograph, and he makes a lot of cracks about fighting Tyson throughout the show. Um, yeah. He says he'll uppercut him at some point, one point in show. He says, oh, I'll uppercut him. He was 5'10". I'll make him 6'3". Yeah, it's absolute nonsense. <laughs> we get a little uh, video recap from, from Ken Shamrock and The Rock. Rock is our Intercontinental Champion. He was awarded the title when Austin didn't want to do a job. Um, you get shown the free-for-all, a brief part of the free-for-all, which is just a teaser, I think. Talk, talk more about talk more about that dude. Talk more about um, the job he didn't want to do quickly. Oh, well, Austin not wanting to job. Okay, uh, Austin won back the Intercontinental title from Owen Hart. I think at Survivor Series, it was then really apparent that he was going to be pushed into the main event. And but whilst doing that, not many Intercontinental champions make it to the main event with the belt still, and that's pretty obvious, pretty apparent. Only. The Ultimate Warrior and maybe one or two others have carried the belt into their main event program. Yeah. Austin was told he would have to drop the title at some point. It was chosen that Rocky Maivia, the rock from the nation, would be the one to take it. They planned to take it from him at the DX pay-per-view. Austin argued something and it never came that way. It just, you know, they, in fact, he didn't even lose the match. He won. He it was just a. It was an absolute brawl that one, wasn't it? With the with the truck at ringside and all that. Yeah. And I think they wanted to wanted to drop it again on Raw, and Austin decided he wasn't going to do that job either. So instead, they had this weird. I remember this. I really remember this one. I haven't watched this show in ages, but I don't know why it sticks in my head. Where Austin just said, "If you want the belt, go and get it," and launched it into the river, and that was I Austin dropping the title. I remember. I remember when he threw it into the river, yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, I suppose all the best, all the all the top guys avoid doing jobs somewhere along the line, and he's no different. 
Yeah, that's why I wanted you to cover it because I just wanted us to cover the Austin throwing it into the belt as a le- uh, into the river as a legitimate way of him fucking dropping the strap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not great, but yeah, no. um, the free for all. Yeah, the nation are arguing about the Royal Rumble and who's gonna, you know, who should be winning it. You know, Rock saying he's the champ, Farouk saying he's the leader. The other three guys are just they just want to win it. They just want to be a part of it, and. Uh, in an interview with Michael Cole, this is one of the first times I hear him call himself the People's Champion. It's it's quite apparent in this that they are making the transition and they're trying to forget calling him Rocky Maivia. They try they they keep forget they they like on new yeah. yeah numerous occasions Jr says Maivia sorry the Rock or should I say the Rock um yeah. you know he probably keeps getting Vince screaming in his ear. Uh, yeah, more than likely. <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, you know, we, the, the Rock's promo where he talks about um, Bill Clinton, cover up Willie, cover it up, Willie. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know the backstory. I didn't, I couldn't be bothered to check it out either. It was. Yeah, it was you know, just about Bill. Clinton. Sounds like another Bill Clinton scandal, and that's. It was, yeah. Um, you know, and the Rock comes out yeah, to yeah. the nation yeah, of domination Prince. thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we uh, it's the Rock and Ken Shamrock for the Rocks in the Continental Championship. The Rock takes the Finks mic when he gets into the ring, tells us he's the best Intercontinental Champ there ever was, and um, I'm sure someone in the back, mainly the Honky Tonk Man, was looking around going, "Hey, yep, really." <laughs> um, Shamrock gets a decent pop, lots of Rocky sucks chants. I mean. This guy, this Rocky guy looks this rock guy looks okay. He'd probably go pretty far in the business if he if he keeps himself to himself and does all right. <laughs> we, we we get the first of our WCW digs in this match as well. Because uh, I, I might have missed this one. I got a lot of other ones later on, but I don't think I have this one written down. No, this one he, uh, JR says these are two young, hungry competitors. This is not senior town. Ah. Uh, this is not the senior tour where, um, you know, and he, yeah, so he, he's basically yeah, yeah. having a dig at, I mean, because they actually mention Hogan Savage they do later, later on it's in good. the thing. They, comparing, they're talking about Shawn Michaels, where I have to talk to you about that later on when we get we there, because get they say something about Shawn Michaels that I don't think is true. At this time, what they say it might have been. Model, they say, did they say he was a model citizen or something? No, they said he was ta- he was tag team champion. Was he that with Diesel or uh, with Diesel and with Steve Austin? Right, okay. Because yeah. I like I say it's it's a weird one, but yeah. Uh, I have a question. Go. Around this time, you've got some MMA sort of guys crossing over. Was Ken Shamrock the best? Who did we have? We had Ken Shamrock, we had Dan Severin. Dan Severin. You even had Tank Abbott eventually. Tank Abbott, yeah. You know, Tank did he didn't work for him, but do do you remember? Do right, do you remember uh the Owen Hart versus Ken Shamrock in the Hart family dungeon with Dan, Dan Severin did. as the referee? Yeah. yeah, that was in 98 as well, wasn't it? That was in your house. Um, I've recently bought a sealed copy of it. 
I've recently, uh, it's an in your house, and on the front of it, it's got um, Triple H doing the okay, um, fully loaded, fully loaded in your house, fully loaded, yeah. And you've got Dan the B Severin as the referee between Owen Hart and um, Ken Shamrock in the Hart family dungeon, which just reminded me of that when you're talking about the MMA guys, yeah. I mean, uh, until 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 Matt Riddle, who is obviously caught whipping up a storm on SmackDown right now, was Ken- Ronda Rousey. Ronda had a good run, but I don't know. I still think Ken probably gets the nod for me. Well, I mean, um, they tried to sell um, Blackman as like your MMA, like... You mean the bounty hunter? Yeah, the guy, because he was like your Kung Fu kind of guy. No, Steve Blackman? I I wouldn't be enjoying it if he was knocking on my door, to be honest. No. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, was was Shamrock the better one of the lot? I, I would say so. I mean, but I'm a mark for Tank Abbott because I, I loved him in um in in the Ultimate Fighting Championships just because Oh you did he like didn't it give a shit when he was three you know, counts bodyguard. He was what? Three counts bodyguard. I I, I, I love three count as well. Yeah, well, you know, don't go don't go breaking my heart, bro. Um Yeah, I would I would say uh, Shamrock. I mean Shamrock was was hot here, man. He was he was getting pops. He was um, he was a proper face, you know. Um, I remember I remember an interview with Jim Ross uh, recently. It might have been on one of his podcasts, um, saying that Shamrock was almost considered for for a top top run as you know even as champion. But he was just it was silly things like missing shows and turning up late for shows that just you know went against him. It was nothing. Well, at, at one point he was um, tag team champion. European champion, you know, he'd come down with two belts, you know. He went to King of the Ring as well at some point. Yeah. I think it's in this year. But, yeah, um, it's a slow start. You know, Rock's being cautious, obviously, you know, playing up to Shamrock's fighting style. There's a couple of fans there that think Rock's number one. Um, Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The DDT, the float over DDT, fans pop for it pretty big. And so does the so do the commentators. It's it's really nicely done. Yeah, it's good. Um, again, it's there's not a lot in this match though. It doesn't it doesn't work to me. I'm not a big fan of it. I no, um, I mean it it was okay, like you say. Um, the ending was probably the best bit about it, and it That's definitely I mean. got. I've got from I've gone from the DDT to the ending. Yeah, I mean it definitely got his heel heat. Um, I mean my missus, I was watching this, and my missus was next to me watching it. And um, she actually liked the bad guy, Rock. She liked the heel, Rock. And that's someone who doesn't really like wrestling. But the fact that The Rock was... Because The Rock was great when you hated him because he was an arrogant prick. And um, it was easy to hate, you know? Eventually, his promo work that just... It became so good that, you know, the fans made him turn babyface. There was no way around it. Yeah, that's right. Um, Jerry Lawler says that Ken Shamrock thinks a quarterback is a refund. That's right. (laughs) I've got that as well. Yeah. Comer and D-Lo. Shout out D-Lo. They come in, they they run in. Ken knocks them both down, but somehow The Rock gets some brass knuckles, lays out Ken Shamrock, and then in a very smart way, puts the knuckles, the brass knuckles, into Ken Shamrock's tights. Um, You know, God feeling around for God knows what else. Yeah. (laughs) He gets a two count on that. And then amongst... The mucking about Ken gets a three count off a belly to belly, and 
that's a finishing move of someone I can't stand. Um, but shout out Shane Douglas, you jobber. Yeah. <laughs> jobber, fucking ham and egg. <laughs> um, the Rocks very smartly. And this is, this almost reminded me of later on, like a really later sort of Eddie Guerrero, where he would chuck a chair at someone and then fall down. And then say to the ref, like, you know, complain to the ref because the rock does this. He says, tells the ref that he that Ken Shamrock used the knuckles. The ref starts assaulting Ken Shamrock and feeling around in his region. That's right. I didn't I didn't agree with. You don't just start going putting your hands on someone in that, that area. Not uh, unless you ask him yeah. nicely. <laughs> he feels for the tr- he feels around the trunks, he finds the the brass knuckles and reverses the decision. What happens to referee's decision is final. We've been talking about that in the last two bloody episodes. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, the referee can feel around in a guy's crotch and go, "Oh, I found your brass knuckles." And this is the thing, though: the person that bitches to the referees and bitches to whoever, you're supposed to not like them. Yeah. So the Rock is complaining to the referee, saying, "No, nah, no, nah, he cheated. Checking his trunks. Checking his trunks. We hate him for it." It's not like Hogan who fucking bitches to Jack Tunney or to fucking whoever and, you know, sliding underneath the ropes to show us animatedly that he wasn't eliminated like a prick. (laughs) Ken Shamrock snaps as he does. And, uh, yeah, I think he hits Mike Kyoda, poor Mike Kyoda with a belly-to-belly and an ankle lock for good measure. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't a great match. Is that iced tea you're drinking there, Chris? Yes, dude. (laughs) Sorry, dude. Are we not supposed to be advertising, but it's very, very tasty. Is that a glass bottle as well? No, no, no. We do recycle, though. So Dead dead fancy, that is. (laughs) (laughs) We get told that Cactus Jack will be in the Royal Rumble, and dude, love and mankind had to stay home. Yeah. Kind of a shame. Um, Los Boricuas are looking for Steve Austin. They reckon they found him. They burst into a, a changing room and beat up what would eventually be skull of the D of the DOA. Um, because you find out later on in the rumble that there's someone that doesn't show up and it figured out it was meant to be skull. Yeah. Cause eight ball turn. Yeah. But they don't ever tell you. They oh, don't okay. ever tell you. You have, to, you have to do your own homework here. Cause eight ball turns up, but skull. Yeah. You have to do your own due diligence there because I, even me, I'm like, it was number 22. And uh, they don't, yeah, they don't show. So um, no yeah. promo of Legion of Doom and New Age Outlaws. The Outlaws have been one step ahead of LOD at every turn. They between them and DX, they shaved off one of Hawks sides of a mohawk. I guess what is that hairstyle called? Um, a skullet. It's like a skull <laughs> mullet. Yeah. That's what animals is. It's like a mullet with a, a skinhead like thing. It's like a skullet, yeah. There we go, a skullet, people, right? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, to me, if I'm if I'm going to be a hundred percent honest, the the WWE WWF never really could harness the road warriors as they were once were because the business was very different when they came into as it was. But I think you can tell in this promo that LOD are a little bit played out by now. 
the way that they did the promo where it was all it was very shouty and you can't if you start at 10 you can't then dial up any any more you know they they always went in too hot i always thought you know oh i'm gonna say that i like the lod promo but first we've got the uh, new age outlaws coming out and they're wearing their green bay packer jerseys to piss off the uh the 49ers, 49ers fans yeah that yeah well um and yeah it, Michael Cole says Ella Animal has a back injury. Animal decides to start shouting and screaming at us, saying doctors don't know what they're talking about. You know, yeah. sure. Like Tell them, Hawk. Yeah. Well <laughs> you know the, the new age I mean, they're cool on the other side of the pillow. Um yep. and they're gonna put them on ice. What a shit promo that was. I mean, you like I say, it was a classic. It, it, it's your classic LOD promo I've got here. And you get the warrior pop when they yeah, come out. The road warrior pop, which is big. It's always big. It's big, you know. And it was the whole thing of it. The music, the costumes, the their, 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 their legend of how they used to beat the shit out of people. Well, this is it. JR's like, you know... He sort of puts them in that category of being a little bit older, a little bit over the hill as well, just by saying that they're American originals and they won the NWA, AWA, and WWF tag team titles. I mean, that's, I mean, the NWA has fallen apart by then. The AWA is dead and buried. Like, yeah, Jeff Jarrett representing the NWA, dude. Let's not forget, he turns up later in this show wearing the oh, fucking NWA championship, our didn't he? North American NWA champion. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, I don't think you can ever get past Animal's Power Slam. It's as smooth as silk. It's lovely. Yeah, it's really good. Except for typically at the end where Billy overshoots his jump, I think, from the top rope. Um, they talk They talk about Bob Armstrong's baby boy in yeah. this. <laughs> I also think that there's a lot of irony in Jerry Lawler saying that the LOD are too old. I just think, Jerry, are you for real? Like, yeah. How old are you? Like, if we, if and we, he would wrestle. If we, yeah. If we knock the dye out of your hair. We'll see. Right. How, oh, yeah. Like, and it's nothing against Jerry Law. It's just that he didn't. He didn't like you know, sign anything for us. He was too busy with some birds. Like at WrestleMania 24. But like I said, I'm not. I'm not bitter. You're not bitter. No. You don't. No, you don't hold that against him. You don't no. mention it every other. Um, I wouldn't. Podcast. Yeah. It's just not yeah. us. It's not our way. It's not. That's not. That's not what we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as, as you're saying, there's um, there's a botched slam off the top. Yeah. That um, looks a bit bad. Animal is feeling that back injury. He's you know, and it, all that stuff is pretty good. You know, road dog handcuffs hawk to the ring post. Now this is the bit I did like. Animal backflips out of a. Like some sort of double back suplex and double clotheslines. And I think mean, that's a really neat spot for someone that's too old to do that. I think you know what. And he's a big guy, man. He's a big guy. Um, and I will keep selling the go on YouTube and type in LOD power drink. Yeah. It's, it's fucking brilliant, man. Just watch it. Um, now, yeah, it must be I the power to, drink. I have to admit that there's not many contenders for this week's ICO Pro Award. So um, on that basis, I'm giving it to Hawk. No, there's 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 one guy, dude. There's 
There's one guy in the Rumble that wins that Ico Pro Award. Okay. We'll, pre- we'll, we'll preliminary, pre- preliminary, you know what I mean? We'll give it to him initially, that's, that's right? Yeah. Uh, eventually. Um, so we, we will we'll give it to him for now, but later oh, on, he's, there's a... He's a contender purely because there's not many contenders. I could, I could ironically give it to Max Mini, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> give it to Batallon. Yeah. Um, Road Dog hits Anwar with a chair for the DQ just because it's it's just a, I mean it's a bad finish. They carry on the beat down until Hawk breaks free, like just whips off that handcuff. Yeah. With the adrenaline and other substances inside him. Um, the power drink, the power drink. Yeah, that's right. The I raw eggs. <laughs> and yeah, Hawk nails the outlaws with some of the weakest chair shots I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, not since Hogan, but there was there was there was worse. There's were there's there's more savage chair shots in the first five minutes of the Royal Rumble than those chair shots, <laughs> which was fucking insane. But we'll get to that. Uh, we have a we have a winner of the Steve Austin truck giveaway. Did you get that on the yeah. video? <laughs> Milfred Milfred Bowers. Milfred Bowers. From Tennessee, like Jerry Lawler starts marking out for it. Um, says she's so excited, she's having a party, they're going to burst through the roof of her trailer. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, and JR promises that every weekend him and the king are going to go down and keep it clean for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's a good start. That was, uh, it's a good way to break up and make you laugh. And that, like, and for any reason at all, just to break it up and say, if you haven't subscribed to this channel, why not? That's right. You know, why not? Subscribe button. It's free. It's fun. You get to see us every week. And you too, one day, could be joining Milfred Bowers in winning one of the Chat Grapple and Cheat Pops podcast competitions. You won't be winning a fucking truck that's got Stone Cold Steve Austin plastered all over it, but you will win well, well, some very cool stuff. Let's see what's in the garage first. I'm not sure. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a vid pro, a video promo on my Austin's March Man for the Rumble. Just like I said earlier on, three eyes, three weeks of stunners on Raw from almost everyone. Um, Mike Tyson says that Stone Cold's number one, and we're at the Rumble match. It's not going on last. It's not the main event, which bit of a surprise, but you know, usually it goes on last. But we'll, there is a reason as to why not. Fink, may he rest in peace. Howard Finkel gives us the rules. And we get to the match number one, Cactus Jack. And he's got some uh, plunder. He's got that plunder with him, baby. Plunder. Yeah, he's Um, he's got the plunder. Some international objects. That's right. And Chainsaw Charlie is uh, in at number two, Terry Funk. Now, that chainsaw was real. Did you see the sparks come off it when he hit the chair? I, I did see that, yes, because that, I think that's what they were going for. But as he was walking up the aisle, it was coming pretty close to some of the fans' fucking hands, dude. Yeah, that was... Uh, that's a lawsuit angry. waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, and they go at it with the chairs. You know, at one point, Funk just stands there with his, like, embraces himself. And sorry, I'm going to keep calling him Funk because Chainsaw Charlie. Me good. too, me yeah. too. You know, but very quickly, right? 
this is the arrogance, okay? Uh, the arrogance and the ignorance of a lot of people that were in power in WWF at that time. They said, you know, this our fans are not wrestling fans. They're sports entertainment fans. Yeah. They will not know who Terry Funk is. Uh, excuse me? Like, as soon as people saw Chainsaw Charlie coming down the aisle... You know, and with that walk that he was, you know, Terry, Terry, Terry. They know who That's fucking true, Terry yeah. Funk is. Don't don't um, patronise people, you know. And so it annoys me with WWE sometimes, the WWF, where they don't like to acknowledge people's prior experiences and prior accolades, you know, um, uh, because yeah. they, they see that their careers only start in WWF, you Terry's, know. Terry, Terry Funk's former world champion, you know, the NWA and all that. It's like, yeah, unprotected chair shots to the head. I, we, we've been over this a few times. Loads of them. There's far too many in this. And like, you know, we spoke about it in Royal Rumble 99 where Foley takes tons of them, like 10 of them in a row. He takes a fair few in this one, as does Terry Funk. Um, it's not cool anymore, is it? Not really, no. Um, especially when you know the damage that it does. Um... Uh, number th number three, Tom Brandy, uh, gone in, what, four seconds? Dude, this is your Ico Pro Oh, you're winner. giving Brandy the winner. Okay. I'm giving Brandy the, the Ico Pro um, for this. I'm trying to find... You know, you know why he doesn't get it? Because he was in it for four seconds. He was in it to win it, bro. <laughs> um, he, was, he was fucking jacked, man. He was absolutely jacked. Okay. Uh, Tom Brandy then, uh, Ico Pro winner. Congratulations, Tom. Is he Salvatore Sincere? What? Is he also Salvatore Sincere? Uh, I would have to check that. Um, yeah. I can't really remember. Um, but yeah, he's thrown out straight away. See you later. Um, <laughs> suplex onto two set-up chairs. I think it's Cactus does it to Terry on those two chairs and it doesn't look comfortable in the slightest. And it, yeah, it really... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like it. I winced when I saw him crash through one part of the chair and not the other. It's, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Tom Brandy gets chucked out and then it's back to Funk and Foley, yeah. suplex onto some chairs, some crazy chair shots. Um, yeah, and it was pretty brutal. Number four, that plucky youngster, our Intercontinental Champion, The Rock. This guy seems pretty good, you know, like I said. So, but Could go far. There is some massive cheers for him getting hit with a trash can. Oh, it's it's excellent the way that they work it. But yeah. did you notice that um, as as he got into the ring and he started doing attacking um, Funk, Cactus says Foley says something to the referee. He's talking to him and he he says something right in front of the camera. And I was trying to work out what he was telling him, but it was clear as day. Um, it almost as clear as day as when um, Shawn Michaels was telling Vader, fucking move. Yes. Uh, SummerSlam 96. 96, yeah. Um, number but we'll five, get to that one day. Yeah. Number five, Headbanger Mosh. Um, 
again, I, I don't know how, like, we spoke about it before in another pay-per-view, but we seem to have forgotten, like, I've forgotten about the whole headbanger run. Yeah, I mean, they had um, they had a bit of a, I mean, well, you see number six who comes in. They had a bit of a rivalry with uh, the team of the person from number six. Yeah. Um, Terry Funk does a moonsault. He does try a moonsault, yeah. He does, uh, he does all right. It's a little bit sideways, but it all counts. Yeah, I mean, he was a middle-aged and crazy, bro. <laughs> number six, Phineas Godwin, um, apparently, according to Jim Ross, living proof of what happens when first cousins marry. That's, I guess, exactly what he said, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, nothing really going on between, uh, sorry, six and seven. Eight ball from the DOA is out next. Funk ducks, Terry Funk ducks and Cactus is gone. And, yeah. You no, know, that was a shame. Um, and then they say, sorry, yeah, go gone. On. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, Jerry Lawler says that someone has got to Stone Cold in the back according to his sources. I had a source back there in 98 as well. I, yeah. I checked with my source just to make sure, and he told me that Limo Rickshaw was the man that got him. Right, it was Limo Rickshaw Limo from, Rick- uh, from, from Tijuana. Yeah. Uh, it was... <laughs> <laughs> It was that's what I, that's what I was going to say that um, so they say someone got to Austin yeah um, and yeah in in between seven and number eight and yeah I, I limo rickshaw Dusty's it running was limo rickshaw yeah <laughs> <laughs> number eight blackjack blackjack Bradshaw or JBL as we know him now yeah and this is where I've got here not a great deal of star power again this rhymes with the ninety nine rumble where you're getting just a few bods in, like your Tom Brandys, your 8-Ball and your Phineas Godwins. Yes. Yeah. I suppose it's more down to the down to the number, of, the number that WWF has. It's not like you can just get 60 men and plonk them in three rings and say, this is the biggest battle royal ever, even though it <laughs> fucking sucks. You know? <laughs> like, um, <clears throat> no, you're right. Um, I mean, you had, like you say, number eight, Blackjack Bradshaw, obviously named at that time after Blackjack Mulligan. He had the um, moustache and everything, didn't he? He had the boots, he had the moustache, hell, he even had the clothesline. But... Hell, he even had the clothesline. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, there will be a major announcement on Raw regarding Mike Tyson. That comes up yep. in between eight and nine. Number nine, Owen Hart. And he gets jumped in the aisle by Jim Cornette and Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Like Owen's luck is out here, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, um, Soul you Survivor know, and, and all that. And... Yeah, Soul Survivor. And he's, but he's uh, attacked by the NWA uh, North American champion. North American champion. Uh, Double J. Um, I mean, they were good friends, Owen Hart and Double J. Yeah. They would tag team. Yeah, they would tag team later on in the... In 99, weren't they? Yeah. And it was a good tag team. I liked it. Yeah. And Owen doesn't make it at this point into the Rumble and you think he's not going to he's not gonna make it. Um, again, a lot of people dump on Jarrett. I see that even in some of the forums this week. People dumping on Jarrett and how bad he was. And I just, I don't see it. You, I mean, I, I, he could, he could, he had a good drop kick. He could work. He was universally a great heel. Um, I think what it is... Because he did the strap. I think possibly it's that, but it's... 
it's I, I think it's just that kind of that privilege that he had I think the fact that he was just a little fucking rich boy mm-hmm. who really paid his dues in his dad's territory while not really paying his dues you know what I mean Pushed up the card yeah I get it yeah, you know and I think that's what gets people's go a little bit the fact that he could actually work is to his credit and you know meant they couldn't really hold him back but yeah I think that's what it is okay um Steve Blackman's in at number 10 uh, the bounty hunter Steve Blackman uh, Jerry Lawler thinks that Ken Shamrock is the one that got to Austin. Again, the, the action's few and far between at this point. And it's, uh, this, is, this is the only thing that bugged me about this rumble is that it just it felt like nothing was really happening until we got to the 20s. Like yeah. The 20s numbers, but we'll carry on because D'Lo is next, the great D'Lo Brown. No relation to me, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> D'Lo, yeah, he starts throwing a few punches at his nation, buddy, The Rock. I just keep, every time you say D'Lo, I'm going to have to shake my oh, head like yeah. that. <laughs> Number 12, um, one of Jerry Lawler's picks for the Rumble, Kurgan. Yep. Um, he's a big guy, but there wasn't much more to it, was there? He was no. Part, part of the Truth Commission with uh, the Jackal. <laughs> I mean that just that just makes you laugh as it is. It's just not a great sort of gimmick. He does throw Mosh out though. He could he should have been an absolute beast, Kurgan. Yeah, he should have been. Um number 13, Mark Merrow. Uh, not Johnny B. Bad, Mark Merrow with Sable. And Sable gets gets a hell of a pop here. It's not Merrow, it's Sable's pop. And they're chanting Sable, and this this must really, really grind your gears at this point, Chris. It does, especially when you've got... I mean, like I say, uh, I know Brock Lesnar is a huge fan of the podcast, and uh, he's probably listening now. Uh, but, you know, it's... Sable, for me, it's... Again, we go to Cornette, but Cornette says that Sable is what Vince's idea of a beautiful woman is. Um, and, you know, it's, it, you know, Vince McMahon had to be convinced to hire Gail Kim for the reason that she was Chinese. Yeah. And he thought that people, and, and they had to remind him and say, look, like, you do realise that, you know, Western men do find Chinese women quite attractive and there is like quite a few um websites on internet with various videos with women like her in them i'm certain certain i don't know what you're talking about but do carry on yeah he he, i mean vince found it hard to believe that there was actual you know japanese porn sites or whatever Mm so it's um his idea of what a beautiful woman was was sable and him and i quote uh cornet by calling uh, Vince Russo, he calls him shit stick or something. Yeah. Um, it, basically, Russo and Vince used to basically drool all over well, Sable all the time. Part of the, you know, and Jim Cornette and some of his shows, especially with, I think it was K-Fabe commentaries, he would talk about, he was part of the, the booking team at the time. And he would say, like, he would, he would be begging them to put some wrestling on, some 
you know, stuff that would, you know, work with a wrestling show. Whereas yeah. they would be worried about what outfit Sable was going to wear for like, and yeah, like it used to drive him crazy, and it would drive. That's him correct. Crazy. He would end up quitting. Um, they they were more bothered about what Sable was going to wear than actually putting the women's title on a legitimate worker like Luna Vachon. Well, I mean, this is why you know someone like Cornet would quit because him and Vince Russo clearly have a very, very different philosophy on what you know would be wrestling or on a wrestling show, and. This is still technically a wrestling show. You can call it sports entertainment or whatever you want to, you know, but it's still a wrestling show and there is still wrestling to go. Yeah, we're not a sports entertainment podcast, are we? (laughs) We're still broadcast journalists. We are still broadcast journalists, but this is not a sports entertainment podcast. Yeah, um, there are Sable charts going up. Uh, Kurgan throws out Steve Blackman. Um, Ken Shamrock is in at number 14. He knocks down Kurgan and like because I think JR mentioned Kurgan hadn't been knocked off his feet yet, like unless he was too did like doing a move himself. Yeah, Shamrock knocks him down and then a bunch of them gang up and do the old big man spot where they gang up on some poor giant and toss him out. Yeah. And then he growls in talks in some yeah. fake language. Yeah. He does. Da, 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 da. <laughs> 15 is headbanger thrasher there's more sable chance just for you chris yeah i've got that written down here as well uh, this is where jerry makes the point jerry Lawler makes the point about hitting tyson with an uppercut and yeah it'll be it'll be six foot five or whatever yeah um at number 16 mankind yeah mrs foley's baby boy gets a second chance a chance of redemption and the first thing he does is eliminate his pal Terry Funk. Yeah, while Terry Funk's trousers are falling down. Yeah, bless him. He's, you know, but Terry Funk's lasted quite a while. Yeah. He's made it over halfway through, or the in the number wise anyway. And number seventeen, Gold Dust is back in a new outfit. Um, the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Yeah, I don't want to do that bit. But <laughs> <laughs> he's with Luna again. Uh, he's changed into a silver outfit with um, with a black bra and thong thing over the top. They're um, calling him. He they say he puts <laughs> the fun in dysfunctional. Yeah, and he, they're calling him the dysfunctional dreams, the dreams boy. Yes, they do take another shot at Dusty with this. Um, again, Gold Goldust clearly deserves better at this point. Uh, he does eliminate mankind. He does, yeah. Now, to me, that looked like a botch. It, yeah, I'd like a gold. Um, like mankind weren't supposed to go. Then he, he's almost looking around. He looks at the ref like he goes, "Oh, like almost like oh shit, I'm out of here. Should I just go?" Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he goes next, and yeah, it looks it looks a bit botchy. Number eighteen, Jeff Jarrett. Our NWA North American champion. We spoke about him already with Jim Cornette. And to a massive pop, Owen Hart returns to batter Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And he lays into him. Jarrett tries to throw him out. He does the old skin in the cat, flips back into the ring and throws out Jeff Jarrett and the place goes wild. I was was a little bit surprised to see that. I was surprised that the fans were that into what was going on with Jarrett and Owen. And yeah, it was really like I liked it. Yeah, it was nice for it to be appreciated. Number 19 is the uh, greatest intercontinental champion of all time. 
honky tonk man. Um, he doesn't shake, rattle, and roll. He doesn't prance though. He just come. <clears throat> excuse me. He just runs into the rumble just like any other guy. But sort of took away from his character, I think. Yeah, um, it's it's funny. We watched this, and I think the day before, um, I was sharing videos with Jordan. Uh, we were talking about the honky tonk new jack and iron sheep uh shoot interview when worlds collide and uh it's fucking insane at one point you've got the iron sheep with his knob out um you've got all of them bare ass in the camera we're talking about fuck you jeff jarrett and they've all got their asses out he's (laughs) you got you got black crack you got old crack you got uh honky crack you know what i mean like it's, yeah. <clears throat> it, it is one of the you've got the iron sheik saying he won't do nothing without his medicine get me fucking beers fucking cigarette and marijuana is <laughs> my medicine uh and he talks about his asian eric fucking little boys in their ass yeah um it's absolutely is one of the most craziest interviews you will you know you'll ever watch and it is for any wrestling fan you have to watch it Uh, it's an insane sort of interview do check it out um triple h and china arrive on the scene triple h on crutches apparently dislocated his knee yeah he is our european champion at the time as well he goes goes through some bloody he goes through some crutches in this yes he does (laughs) how many drinking he brought with him yeah, he's got a fucking suitcase full of them. Um, the Rock throws out Ken Shamrock. Uh, Triple H uses said crutch to eliminate Owen Hart. Um, and this is this this bit make, makes me laugh because Ahmed Johnson is next. Yeah, I I forgot he was still around in '98. Um, right, he can barely <laughs> he can barely fucking move. Owen Hart is chasing Triple H, and as he gets through the curtain, he falls over. That's hilarious. They even talk about it in the commentary. Even the king goes, oh, it fell over. Um, Yeah. Uh, King accidentally acknowledges that Honky Tonk Man is his cousin. Uh, That made me laugh. Yeah, Ahmed Johnson. Holy shit. He looks hideous. He he was like, he was moving like the Yeti, bruv. He was... Right, right, he was wading through treacle, yeah. He was literally, like, walking so slow. And when he got in the ring, it was like he could barely lift his legs up to get in the ring. It was absolutely shocking. It was like, why the fuck? Dude, go home, bro. Like, go go, go home. And we don't talk, yeah. we're not talking about end of the match. We're talking about <laughs> literally go home. Um, number 21's Mark Henry. Nothing happens. Literally nothing. Number twenty-two is no. Uh, wait, wait. <laughs> You've got Jr. Inadvertently says Henry is handling the big Johnson. Oh yes, he did say that. I tried to. Go I past. swear that is a fucking rib that someone has told him. I will pay you a hundred bucks if you can get that in. Vince loves yeah. the joke, yeah. It's, it, it sounds like, the way he dropped it, it was like, Henry is handling the big Johnson. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know Vince is, ah, 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 he said it. He said it, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Pronouns, pal. Yeah. 
Um, 22, yeah, it's nobody. Um, they speculate whether it was Austin. Uh, Ahmed Johnson and Phineas are eliminated by members of the nation. I can't remember which ones. And Phineas accidents, accidentally lands on a referee. And catches yeah, right with his too. legs. Yeah, He kicks him, yeah. It's, it's funny, did you also realise that it was only um, Honky Tonk's second rumble? Yeah, they said that on there. Yeah, it was only his second Royal Rumble appearance. And I was quite crazy. Um, I don't know how many more he makes. I know he turns up in 2001 as well. Wasn't there a gimmick rumble that he was in? I don't know about a gimmick one, but in the 2001 Royal Rumble, he uh, gets hit over the head with his own guitar by Kane. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he tells tells the big fella to move back because the people want to hear him sing. <laughs> Good old honky tonk. Um, 23 is Karma. Again, the action is flat. And maybe there was maybe they did that for a reason. I think Yeah, because they're waiting for something. Looking at it, yeah, because number 24 is the pop is huge. Um, I, I noticed as well before this, no one really wants to work with Mark Mero. Have you noticed? Did you, did you notice it? He spent a lot of the time dancing around the ring, dancing around and occasionally hitting someone and saying to Sable, you know, you've got you've got to gas it up for me. You've got to hype it up and that and then doing, you know, he didn't really spend a lot of time working. Whatever he talks to Sable, they call him an egomaniac. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, but then he gets eliminated by number 24 straight away. 24 is Stone Cold Steve Austin. It is, it's a massive pop, Austin. Dumps Mero pretty quickly. Eight ball as well is gone. And they all start to pile in because Austin is the marked man. He comes through the crowd as well. He doesn't come through the entrance. They're all facing the entrance. Everybody stops. Everyone's beating each other up and then they stop. As soon as the music hits, they're facing the thing. And then, yeah, he comes in from behind. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, mud holes, bro. It is good stuff. Uh, 25 is Henry Godwin. He goes straight after Austin. Mud uh, holes for Austin. Yeah. yeah. Um, 26, all four of the Bariquas come out, which I thought was hilarious because it was only meant to be Savio, but all four yeah. guys come out. Even the guy who looks like he's wearing a jacket under his vest. Yeah, even though he's just a hairy fucker. Yeah. <laughs> they all attack Austin. Um, they end up getting, you know, removed or cleared off. And then you, there's that clothesline from Austin on Gold Dust. Absolutely obliterates him. Yeah. You can hear it, yes. They And they had great... Look, we've covered an event where stunning Steve Austin, who was then the TV hey. champion, had stunning, really great matches with Dustin Rhodes. Had really, really good matches in WCW. And you get, yeah, he gets hit with a clothesline and you get an if you wheel from, I think it's JR. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they are... They're laying it on with Dusty, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Really laying it on. About 27's Farouk and all the nation at this point are in the ring. Am I right? Yes. They oh, excuse me. Oh. They should, they should, even they say, if they would just stop fighting each other for one minute, they could absolutely clear house and then at least one of them would get a title shot. But Farouk decides to take Rock to the woodshed. Yeah. And lays into him. The crowd seems to be really into it. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about the nation in a minute, like when we get towards the end, because it it didn't. Yeah, the booking just went out the window. It's terrible. Number twenty eight. 
this dude love. I thought he'd stayed home as well. Yeah. So Mrs. Foley, <laughs> Mrs. Foley's baby boy gets a third shot at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, number uh, twenty-eight. And he does. He gets uh, he gets rid of Bradshaw, uh, Blackjack, JBL. Yeah. <laughs> Rock hits D'Lo with a people's elbow. It sort of goes unnoticed. Yeah. But yeah, he hits him with the most. Well, it's not the most electrifying move in sports entertainment at that point, is it? It's probably not yet. It's fizzling. Yeah. It's sizzling. Yeah. Uh, number twenty-nine chains. I shrugged my shoulders when he came out. I was like, "All right." Yeah. Moving on. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> And we get to number 30, and it's Vader. And again, Vader gets a decent pop. Vader should have, you know... Oh, fucking hell. Think about this logically in the psychology of this. Vader had the first match in the on the pay-per-view. Nicely rested. It wasn't a, a massively long match. No. Um, he comes in number 30. He's your winner. There's your winner. There you go. There's your winner. Yeah. And... Um... Vader, first thing he does is get rid of Honky Tonk Man. Austin dumps out Thrasher, Karma, and Savio in quick succession. And then this one surprised me. Goldust got rid of Vader. Yeah, very quickly. And very, very quickly. Quick question. Um, what happened to D'Lo? D'Lo? I did not see him get eliminated. I think Farouk got rid of him. Okay. I didn't see... Uh, maybe I just... Lost the plot. But they also, but they did, they um, they missed uh, chains getting thrown over the thing, and then they had to replay it. Yes. Um, so he, they they did he, miss he, some, yeah, because they were they were here and there and everywhere. They at least replayed it. I still haven't seen one man gang get eliminated by Randy Savage. No. <laughs> <laughs> Farouk gets rid of Mark Henry, but it looks really lazy. It looks like he just like just nudges him and he's out. Yeah, see you later. Go on, Sam. Yeah, at this point, I'm still thinking, where's D'Lo? Um, if he's still in the Rumble, then maybe Austin should eliminate him later on. Um, sweet Shin music. What a move. <laughs> Dude hits Sweet Shin music on The Rock. We are down to our final four. It's yeah. The Rock of the Nation against Dude Love and Steve Austin. And this is where it all falls apart, logic-wise, because Farouk gets rid of Dude Love, and then The Rock decides to get rid of Farouk. Yeah. I just... The, their heads have gone. Because what it was, Austin and Dude Love were kind of teamed up against The Rock and Farouk, yeah. and then Austin turns on Dude Love. And Farouk dumps him, yeah. And Farouk dumps him, and then The Rock turns on Farouk, and then it's Rock and Austin. And yeah, I mean, it's it's two of our biggest stars for years to come. And I mean, Rock was number four, dude. Yeah, he's... Rock was number four, and he had a slobber knocker of a match with uh, Shamrock as well. So this is this is you know this is Rock's night, real in in so so many ways, but in another way, it's not his night because this, I mean, this finish is white hot for me. This is incredible. Oh, it's great. Um. You know, Rock thinks he's got Austin out. Sorry, other way around. Austin thinks he's got Rock out. Rock comes back into the ring. Austin hits him with a stunner. The only stunner of the night, which is... I can complain about booking elsewhere, but this is amazing. Booking. They only have one stunner on the show. 
And it was at this point. And the place goes nuts for it, yeah. And that was probably Austin and, and The Rock saying, I'm going to do one stunner and it'll be on you at the end of this match. Yeah. And that was it, yeah. The stunner and he, ch- he throws him out. And this we get the uh, sort of iconic JR call of Stone Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Um, Stone Cold's going to WrestleMania! Yeah. Um, what a, yeah, what a finish. Like really good finish that was. Um, two things I took from this rumble: this the, the nation fucked up. They could have if, if they had all five in there towards the end, they should have just ganged up on everyone. Yeah. And uh, this rumble sort of made Mick Foley look like a chump. Yeah, it did because um, the three goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, he Mick Foley filled in at a time when this company really struggled with um, Austin's injuries. And he became, he came into the main event fold, you know, he got battered with chairs, he gashed his head open, he, you know, jumped off fucking cages, he, you know. And the way they did it, I know what they were going for, but they kind of made him look like a chump, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, in some ways you could be like, oh, look, it's cool, Foley's got all three characters on the show, but in another way, it's like he had three goes in the Rumble and it wasn't good enough. Yeah. And one of them was number 28. Yes. So there you go. Um, They cut to Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson says, Cold Stone is my man. (laughs) Um, We missed the um, I'd rather be in China sign as well. Uh, there was a yeah there, there was a I'd rather be in China sign but yeah you've got it was a great show for the rock he really worked his ass off that's what I've got here great show for the rock really worked his ass off really deserved it and then you've got yeah uh, Tyson's he, who who they keep selling as Tyson has been a, a lifelong WWF fan they say it repeatedly in it, they're trying to sell that he knows wrestling but then he goes Cold Stone, Steve Austin, and Michael's the young up-and-comer Hungry Tiger. Well, this is, it is a common, it is a common sort of like joke that he makes these mistakes, but Tyson was a fan. He was a fan. He, yeah, he was a fan. He did, you know, he was a big fan of like Bruno Sammartino and stuff like that. He was right. a fan of way beyond. So maybe he was out of touch with what was going on. But like with a lot of people, they probably watched it a lot when they were younger. And you know, didn't keep on yeah. like like us marks, you know, who carry on even My to name's the, not uh, Mark. What's that? My name's not Mark. <laughs> but the guy in this next main event is. Yeah. Um, Actually, that means there's two marks in the main event. Oh Jerry Lawler is upset that Austin won the rumble. That's they cut away to that and he looks very disappointed. Yep. 28 chances of other people to eliminate him and they no one could do it. Yeah. There's a video, uh, there's a video promo of Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. They've been feuding since about mid-97. Yep, you had Hell in a Cell. Yep. Ground Zero. Yep. I think, uh, what was it? Michaels cost Taker the championship at SummerSlam with the chair shot and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, including the incredible Hell in a Cell, something we talk about. You can check that out in our archives on YouTube. Bad Blood. Any of the other, yeah, any of the other podcasts 
you know, lists. We'll put that at the end. We'll put that at the end of this one. Um, so you can click on it and watch our yeah. bad blood episode. Um, things have changed uh, since the Hell in a Cell match and stuff like that. Kane had only recently saved The Undertaker from DX on Raw. I think DX were going to announce him as the newest member. I don't know how that would have worked. But yeah, Kane and The Undertaker had some sort of bond at this point. And is it Sal? And you almost forget that it was going to be one of these. It was a casket match. Undertaker, Shawn Michaels with Triple H and China, DX. And i got to say, it's DX's music. It's still awesome. Oh, it's great. And where they did the intros, where it was kind of, if you're, um, if you suffer with uh, epilepsy, you'd probably struggle. Um, because the way they were cutting little scenes of the strippers and the pole dancers and all this kind of stuff in, um, you know, they were cutting it, bum, bum, bum. It was really hard to follow, even for me. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, the intro. Oh, yeah, really good. The music, very, very good. And this is where JR cuts in and says, nobody is better than Shawn Michaels in championship matches. Not Hogan, not Savage. Yeah. And, I mean, he does this later on as well with two other guys. But this one in particular was it's like, wow, shots. He's really firing them yeah. up. This is why he says, Shawn has won every title. Tag team chart title, Intercontinental, blah, 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 blah. And that's when I was thinking, oh, did he win the tag team championships? And I thought, yeah. He didn't win the tag titles with that, you know, that job of Marty Gennetti. So No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. I think he won it with possibly Diesel. I can't really be sure on that. But uh, he did, I think it might have been Diesel. He did win it with Steve Austin as well around King of the Ring 97, something like that. Okay. Yeah, they did it then as well. But yeah. And they say, yeah, not these one. No one's done that. Not Hogan. Not Savage. Nobody. Another pop at WCW right there. Yeah, and you know what? Between the ending of the Rumble, which was incredibly hot, and now the main event, which people are really geared up for, you almost forget that there was an undercard. Because I did when I was watching this show. I almost like totally forgot about the tag match and Vader and Goldust and Shamrock and Rock. Like it was almost like it never happened. Yeah. Because everything seemed to be leading to the end of the Rumble, you know, Austin getting his shot and this casket match, which is, you know, next up. They're calling the Undertaker's, sorry, they're saying that the uh, the casket match is Undertaker's specialty. But in my recollection, he's lost one. He lost the one against Yokozuna. Yeah. Yeah. He lost the one against Yoko, but that was because literally every cunt and their uncle came out. Um, you had like Team Corner, everyone came out. And that is, is vivid in my mind because wasn't that, a, again, another Royal Rumble? That was Royal Rumble 94, yeah. Correct. Because I remember watching that on Sky. I was 12. Oh. I remember watching it. And that is the time where you had, they put Taker in the, in the casket. They locked it up. And yeah, and then they, they had a camera inside it and you see him and he's like, you have now witnessed the rebirth of The Undertaker. And that will forever stick in my mind. Yeah, because they gave him, Yokozuna did some Banzai drops on him, a shitload of them, uh, and he could not be killed. That was the time when he was wearing the face thing as well, I think. Yeah. Yokozuna sat in his face. Um, 
there was a spot just before the stuff we're going to talk about where Taker catches Shawn Michaels midair by the throat and Michaels doesn't touch the floor. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Like he manages to keep him up. Like HBK does his bit as well, staying like in the air. And I've got here written down, he may have been a dick in the 90s. He may well, you know, he was probably the biggest fucker going in wrestling, but he can go. Oh, he can go, but it, the, the, the problem I had is, is the same problem I had with him against Vader. The size of Shawn, and they even say, oh, Shawn Michaels has a history against the big guys. Yeah, he's beaten Sid, he's beaten Diesel, he's beaten Vader. They said he's in a different league to Diesel and Sid. And that's yeah. another shot. Another, another shot. shot at WCW, yes. And you've got to look at the size of Shawn Michael. And to be honest, he should have been the guy at the beginning of the match, and it doesn't happen in the Vader match, and it doesn't happen in this match, but it should do. He's little compared to his opponent. He should be getting the shit beaten out of him. He shouldn't be the initial aggressor in well, this match. Almost, because in at the beginning of this one, he is he is like he's using his speed, I guess, to get out of the way and throw in a couple of jabs and then move again. It's like I kind of get that bit. You know he's I think it goes on it goes on for too long. Yeah, he's not the he should be the main aggressor being that size, but no, I get it. Um and then we get we get the spot which um which ruins the match for Michaels in particular, and it's ruined his career. The uh, the back body drop onto the casket, where he only really clips the casket, but on the point of his back, and it it does him in. And and to to be honest, to be fair to Shawn Michaels as well, the fact that there's also another very 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 nasty bump that he takes at the end of this match. Yeah. It is fucking horrible. And, and and to his credit, yeah, he takes the back body drop over where the casket is. And he literally, like, his back does, like, you know, just clip it and he lands on his feet. And you, you think, oh, he's missed that. But he did bend very badly on it. But and it would, put him, it would put him out for over four years. And, you know, his comeback match was absolutely incredible, though. Yeah, it's a, it is a good, really good match. I'll give you that. Oh, shit um, the bed. You notice that he's that Shawn Michaels is wincing and, like... And he, I even noticed this, you know, I have my own back troubles and I've had, you know, real problems with that. He was dragging his feet. It's like he couldn't get his legs to go. And the fact that he wrestled the rest of this match after that is is to his credit because... Yeah, I mean, Jesus, he, he, it was fucking bad, man. You know, you've got, um, you know, the powder gimmick where he throws yeah, okay. the... They blow that. but They blow that powder gimmick. You know, you've got a nice moonsault as well. Um, yeah, Sean getting the cat doing moonsaults. He's lifting up the steps to hit... Yeah, he, he, he's hammering the Undertaker, the bottom of his back, though. They look a bit brutal. And then he gives... A um a pole driver on the oh, steps good. to the taker. Really good. And he protects taker really well, but it looks, you know, it's a perfectly executed pole yeah. driver. Beautiful. Um, Triple H has gone into his bag of crutches to uh, carry on another beating. I don't know how many he goes through on this show, but yeah, he does start laying into the Undertaker with his crutches. Um, sorry, it is this point where, Ta- uh, sorry, Jim Ross says that the Undertaker, not sure Michaels, the Undertaker is 
you know, is in a different league to Diesel and Silly regarding to big men that Shawn Michaels has faced. But it is yeah, that's where he says he's beaten Sid, beaten Diesel. Taker is better than those two. Yeah, I've got that written down. Yeah, uh, there's a spot in the casket where Undertaker's in it. Shawn Michaels is standing over. He's about to close it, and Taker decides he's going to molest Shawn um, in his happy place. He's nuts. Yeah, grabs the grabs the nut. But is that after the? There's an elbow. No, the elbow um, comes up next. Next, yeah. Oh, dude, and he, like, lands right on The Undertaker. Like, there's obviously not much room in the casket. Yeah, the uh, elbow from the top into the casket, and then our genius slash idiot of a ref, oh, heaven, just closes the lid. Yeah. Is that a double finish? When they're both in there, yeah. Like, was he, was he, was he going to call for the bell again, like he did in at Survivor Series? The fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you love him now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to that that spot that I think you're talking about, the tombstone off the side of the apron into the casket. Into the casket. It is. I don't Look, see yeah. how Sean doesn't break his neck. But yeah, it, it looks it looks bad. But I guess it doesn't do any as much damage as you know the, the original casket shot did. It was sketchy as fuck, man. It looked proper sketchy. And, yeah, uh, we get a throwback to 1994 because the New Age Outlaws and the Bariquas come out and they start putting the beating on beating on Undertaker. And it did, I, when, you, when like, I watched it back, I was like, you know, they've really gone back into, you know, Yoko mode here, haven't they? Like, just to... Yeah. But then Kane comes out. His, uh, his little brother came and starts clearing house, laying out, you know, all six of these guys that come out. And then wouldn't you know it, should, should I say it? Swerve, bro. Swerve, bro. <laughs> Kane puts Taker in the casket. And uh, he Shawn choke Ma- slams him into it. Yeah, he choke slams him into the casket. Shawn Michaels wins without really doing anything. Yeah. Um, Kane and Paul Bearer, they padlock it shut. Um, at this point, I was probably easier to tell everyone that Undertaker has slid under the ring through a little trapdoor. Uh, <laughs> Kane hits the, uh, he wheels the casket up to the uh, to the entrance way, right by the sort of main entrance bit, and starts hitting the casket with an axe. Doesn't really do anything. It's it's fucking. It, <laughs> Because my home video exclusive is coming up. There was another home video exclusive bit that I missed. Okay. Um, which was... Because there was only two home video exclusives. Uh, oh, yeah. Shamrock attacks the rock in the video exclusive. Okay, well, um, after their match, you see oh, okay. oh, a video exclusive of basically um, The Rock is in the dressing room and then Shamrock comes running in in his pair of jeans and starts beating The Rock up. Yes. Um, but then, yeah, we get a video exclusive at the end of this, which, again, has got some questionable axe action because I, I, I don't know. There, there must have been 
a reason why they did the axe thing. And it was probably for them to see if Taker was still in there or not. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, like I said, like Kane is hit with the axe. They pour a load of gasoline, petrol, whatever you want to call it on it. And they set light to it. And that's where it cuts off for me. It's just the Undertaker's in that casket. He's on fire. And that's it. They finish it there. Like they just fade to black soprano style. Like No. Yeah. Like, you've obviously got way more than me here. And, I'm, and I'm, this is why yeah. you buy the VHSs. You can get the network because there's a hell of a lot of shit on there, which is great. But buy the videos because on your Silver Vision VHS exclusive, we get... So I, I get it gets to the bit where they cut it. And it literally is just the um, the casket is on fire. Yeah. But uh, it, they um, Paul Bearer and Kane wander off. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and they they wander off, and then you get someone comes out, grabs the axe, okay, and starts whacking the top of the casket right for no reason kind of thing like they're trying to undo it but they're not they're just hammering it even harder and then what they do is they pop they, they put it all out they put the fire out and then they pop the casket open and the undertaker's gone and then over the speakers you hear you know you will you know the undertaker saying stuff so I will not rest in peace or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, you will. I will return and you will rest in peace and all that. Okay. I will not. I will not rest in peace is what he says. Yeah. Well, yeah, he he had, he had refused to fight his brother Kane. Um, <clears throat> obviously, this bit gives him gives him a couple of weeks off, and then that he returns to set up their WrestleMania match. Then they have the Inferno match. The Inferno match comes later. The the first match is just a straight one on one. At WrestleMania 14, but yeah, I remember some of the stuff like because they they did it just before WrestleMania 20 as well. Lots of like you know lights going out, nothing happening, you know, just to put the put the frighteners on Kane. Like and yeah, they did it again at WrestleMania just before WrestleMania 20 with the the Dead Man gimmick coming back and stuff. It was yeah. I mean, in 1998, it was pretty good. So yeah, man, it was you know not not bad at all. Really, a lot going on. Um, I mean, it wasn't a good year for Michaels hurting his back, to be fair. And we don't wish that on anybody, no. especially someone like Sean. You know, yeah, like you say, he may have been a dick, but a guy could work. And we don't wish injuries on anybody, you know, especially something like that that would put him out. You know, them sunny days are gone. <laughs> yeah. And that's, a, that's our Royal Rumble show. That was, I mean, like I said, relatively good show until it kicked into high gear in the last part of the Rumble match and then the main event, which I thought was really good as well. I know you said you didn't quite like some of the logic behind it, but it was... It was a good, it was a good match. It was, it was good. And to be fair to Shawn Michaels, you know, he, 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 you know, the fucker could sell, man. He, you know, he, he could work, dude. You yeah. know, he could get the shit beat out of him and, and look a million bucks doing it. Um, you know, yeah. Fuck yeah. And yeah, that, that I mean that's that's it from us, I think, isn't it? Do, do we tell them what we're doing next week? Uh, yeah, man, why not? Let's let's go because in in a strange turn of events, uh, Jordan and myself have actually managed to decide what we're doing for the next 
two two weeks you yeah, know we man. decided this one and the next two going forward so yeah man tell them what we're doing next week if you want bro we are going back to world championship wrestling we are going to uh the very first super brawl which was in 1991 i think it's, it's super Bowl one and it's got some incredible matches on there like i was uh, I, I would probably say that I push for this one just because I know that there's a really good match in it that, I, that Chris is going to like. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I said, you know, we keep, we keep, you know, you keep watching it, we keep doing it. Simple, man. That's how and it works. We do, we do uh, stress that you go and watch the Royal Rumble. If you do, if you remember stuff or you didn't remember or you didn't like what we talked about, tell us. Yeah. Argue with us on, on YouTube, on Twitter. AEW fans will be coming for probably me. AEW <laughs> fans, bring it on. Like I say, yeah. fucking bring it tell, on. Tell me about your demo, God. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, we kid. We have we we are we are two guys that have a lot of fun with this and we'd like to we just like to chat wrestling, that's all. You know, we're not here to listen to people complain and cry about everything. You know, we we just love it. So I would stress that people, you know, if you like it, if you don't like it, I'm not going to say it's the best thing going because we're probably not. (laughs) We're up there, man. We're getting there, dude, you know. Hit that subscribe button. Hit it. Hit the likes. Chuck us a comment. Even if you think, you know, we're idiots, tell us that we're idiots. That's right. Add a comment to it. It's fine. I don't want to see any more bot comments saying, you know, chat to girls and all that rubbish. Online moms. Yeah, we don't want the bot comments. We want real people to, you know, tell us that they hate us. <laughs> That's right. Come and call me a weasel face motherfucking Mark <laughs> Punk bitch, you know? Fucking jabroni motherfucker. Call me, I don't care. Like we we want that interaction. We it's, we love it. We you know absolutely fine. Yeah. So we're fine with it. it. We're fixed skin. Subscribe, hit the notification. You'll know when we're coming out again. You know, next week it's Super Brawl. This week has been Royal Rumble. We're extremely grateful for anyone that's still with us, that's still awake, still watching, still listening. You know, Chris, do you want to run through where they can find us again? Yeah, dude, we are being a little bit more active on the Instagram, which is at Chat Grapple Pops. Jordan. Yeah, um, Jordan is always on the Twitter at Chat Grapple Pops. This is on YouTube. Please, please subscribe. All I can say, please. Because we keep trying to say, you know, yep, subscribe. (laughs) We keep saying we want to get to that 1,000 subscribers. We need to get up to there, and then we can start doing some more exciting stuff. We can start to branch out a little bit and do a little bit more to improve the production value and things like that. Uh, So, yeah. we got stuff to give away. We have got shit to give away. We have got stuff to give away. Um, You know, so... Yep, get hit us there on YouTube, Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast on YouTube. We are on various podcast platforms, Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, Castbox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, the whole deal. Um, you know, so yeah, please. We, we love the interaction. We need more of it. We're, as Jordan's saying, you keep watching, we'll keep making these. Thank you for everybody who has watched our previous videos. We are going to plug a couple more on this little bit 
there on Austin's head. We'll put another couple of little videos Bad there. Seven. Bad Blood 97. Go check. We'll put Bad Blood there. Yep, we'll put that there. So we're going to put a few more. And we'll put also put our Royal Rumble 99 show there. That'll be the two shows we plug on this. Um, so, yeah, just thanks to everybody who has watched and has subscribed. Please, everybody who's watching this, please subscribe and uh, give us a few comments and stuff like that. I am Chris Dredd, my main man, JB. This has been WWF Royal Rumble 1998. It is Chat, Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. And we will be back very soon, guys. Thanks again for joining us. Peace.